What do transportation markets look like for the rest of the year? Freight capacity continues to be tight, and the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals plan to meet this month virtually. We'll tell you how it will all work. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the editorial director of DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by DCVTV. Five channels of streaming video are yours for the viewing on DCVTV. Major improvements have recently been made to the DCVTV platform to enhance the viewing experience, provide greater search capabilities, and to expand the capacity of the video library well beyond the 3,000 plus videos already in the archive. Be sure to check it all out at dcvtv.com. Victoria Kickham is off this week, so pinch hitting for her is Diane Rand, the managing editor of CSEMP's Supply Chain Quarterly. But to begin, what's going on with the transportation industry and the less than truckload markets specifically? To answer those questions, here's our senior news editor, Ben Ames, and today's guest. Ben? Thanks, Dave. With us today, we have Brian Thompson, who's the chief commercial officer at SMC3 a less-than-truckload data and technology solutions provider. Brian oversees SMC3's sales, marketing, and industry education departments. And before joining SMC3, he worked at the LTL carrier YRC Worldwide for 17 years, most recently as Vice President of Pricing and Yield Management. Thanks so much for joining us today, Brian. Thank you, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, what a year we've had. Uh, it, it, it seems that the whole market uh, changes week to week, month to month. Uh, but wanted to check in, of course, about the pandemic. Uh, what, what are some of the greatest impacts of the pandemic on the transportation and logistics industry that you've seen? Yeah, thank you, Ben. Um, obviously, it's been a, a crazy six months so far, right? Uh, the pandemic, uh, No, I don't think anybody saw that coming. It's quite a black swan event. Um, anytime you've got businesses shutting down and people getting shut in, uh, it definitely disrupts supply chains, um, disrupts consumer behavior, disrupts the manufacturing process. Um, so basically, I mean, it's uh, it's an aggregation of quite a few effects um, that have made people have to adjust extremely quickly. And I think one of the things we definitely saw was um, an acceleration of uh, a number of the trends that were already in progress prior to the pandemic, uh, in particular, um, uh, interest in technology as well as a shift uh, shift to e-commerce and to some extent those things both still kind of go hand in hand because e-commerce uh, you know demands a certain level of investment in technology visibility tracking uh, connectivity across multiple systems and multiple partners to to make it happen um, so we've, we've definitely seen you know, that play out uh, across all modes, not just LTL, but um, but LTL's also had its its share of of impact from this. Um, you know, specifically, especially the just to focus on that area of, of e-commerce, and uh, it was a trend that we were already seeing with the growth of e-commerce, but the uh, you know the decentralization of warehousing and and fulfillment uh, really drove the need for um, smaller more frequent loads. Um, so to some extent that really has um, has obviously strained parcel networks, but also driven additional business into LTL as you get um, those one to 
one to six pallet loads um, are, is really the area where LTL specializes and, and you've got quite a few uh, of those needed to in order to replenish and get them to the right to the right areas because now instead of distributing from one warehouse, right, you're trying to service uh, each metropolitan area and deliver in one to two days or less um, as fast as possible. So rapid replenishment um, and uh, you really need the technology in order to to support that kind of a that kind of a shift. I will say uh, on the positive side, as far as the pandemic goes, um, congestion has really eased up with people uh, working remote. And um, and I will tell you that's a positive from the carrier's perspective that's helped them to uh, both serve their customers more cost effectively, um, as well as uh, improve service because you have fewer uh, unknown uh, disruptions to the transporting of goods, right? Um, uh, fewer traffic jams, fewer accidents, uh, fewer of those uh, of us driving in my little Honda Civic getting in, in the way of a, of a, uh, a big, big van. So anyway, that's, that's on the, that's on the positive side, just to touch on a few of the, the impacts to logistics. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and, and the congestion of course, is in reference to the roads that we all drive on and, and it, it, it's changed traffic patterns it, it's changed, uh, you know, gas consumption, really so many sort of domino effects of, of this whole complicated chain. Um, you, you mentioned uh, that people have to adjust quickly. Uh, it seems like an understatement. Um, how have you seen LTL pricing be affected? Um, I, I know you mentioned some changes like smaller, more frequent loads. It sounds like um, that that might make make more work uh, in, in loading and unloading. Yeah, and you know, in in LTL, it's interesting that pricing is more stable and static than it is in other other modes, uh, particularly truckload, because in LTL very little business actually moves on spot rates. Uh, over 95% of uh, LTL shipments are rated on, on negotiated common carrier tariffs or contracts. So in order for pricing to change quickly, um, you know, a carrier can institute surcharges, but those customers under contract, you know, may or may not be subject to those, those surcharges they put in place. And um, you know, I mentioned that, but we haven't seen a lot of surcharges put in place by LTL. I mean, shortly after the pandemic started, uh, we, we heard through, you know, the second quarter announcements for a number of public carriers. So we saw freight volumes in April drop um, it from 10 to 25 percent, depending on the individual carrier. Well, those freight volumes uh, improved sequentially month over month from April to May, May to June. and and even now, July to August, um, what we're hearing in the market is that freight volumes have continued to, to improve um, and are probably, I, I don't have exact numbers, but are probably approaching year-over-year um, -year, uh, flat volumes, which, you know, I, I bring that up in light of a pricing question because obviously capacity and prices are directly correlated. But in LTL, it takes, a, it takes, the pricing teams look far out to kind of predict what's coming the next six, 12, 18, 24 months down the road when they're setting their prices. Um, so they didn't have time to quickly <laughs> uh, lower rates when business volumes are dropping and they don't have time, you know, when capacity starts um, tightening, it takes a lot of work and effort in order to uh, raise rates. So LTL rates stay pretty static. Um, but we are definitely seeing now some optimism, some tight capacity, optimism from the carrier side, 
some uh, tight capacity as the volumes have recovered nicely over the summer. And we are still hearing about uh, you know rate increases uh, in the mid single digits. Uh, so uh, stability in prices and slightly uh, on the on the upside for the short for the foreseeable near term. Really interesting trends. Thank you for describing them for us. Um, but one of the big ways in which uh, a lot of us have seen uh, volumes uh, recover is in e-commerce. Uh, so many people are working from home, schooling from home, uh, living at home, that, that, uh, that we're, we're buying a lot of the things that we used to do in person um, online and having them delivered. Is that also affecting transportation? Yes, absolutely, yes. As, the, as, as I mentioned um, earlier with LTL, it's definitely driven some of those volumes in LTL, which, is, which has caused um, some tightness in the in <laughs> reduction in available capacity for the LTL carriers. Um, you know, and just to touch a little bit more on that capacity front, you know, I'm hearing of some carriers um, anecdotally that are focusing on existing customers, um, not necessarily uh, entertaining new business, especially in lanes or locations where they are heavy, uh, heavily imbalanced or heavy outbound where they're having trouble um, finding, the, finding the trucks. But really the other trend with e-commerce um, that is driving LTL carriers, it's driving them to make investments in technology. And they were already were prior to the pandemic, but this is another one of those trends that's really been brought to the forefront, um, even more so uh, with, the, with the pandemic. If they want to go, the carriers want to go paperless. You can't go paperless without technology. You can't hand over, you know, they won't really want to drive the industry to an electronic bill of lading. Um, they really want to stop the, the potential passing of a contagion through a paper. You see the suspension of required uh, signatures as another example. Um, so this is, you know, this, they had already been investing in APIs, but we're seeing a lot more, a lot more interest in that and continued develop, development in that, in that area. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been good from that front. I think long-term, it's definitely going to benefit. Obviously, there's some short-term pain anytime you have a, an event like this pandemic um, and the sudden growth of e-commerce, um, it's it's a little bit uncontrolled, but it is driving the carriers to and, and everybody really to be interested in in technology, gaining efficiency. Everybody's trying to do more with less, as well as change business processes to be much more efficient. Um, so we're not just hearing from carriers, but we're also hearing from from shippers and logistics companies that maybe tasks that they did manually in the past, now they're trying to do, um, you know, they don't want to visit a website, they don't want to call a cust uh, carrier's customer service center, they want to be able to self-serve, they want to be able to implement something quickly, long-term, maybe they want to invest in a TMS, but over the summer, they were looking for immediate, immediate solutions, so something that's already available out there, and there are quite a few solutions, so um, it's just an interesting trend, and like I said, long-term, the whole industry is going to be able to operate more efficiently, service reliability is going to improve, and very optimistic about kind of where that's all headed in the in the long term. Got it. Got it. Well, boy, between, uh, you know, move to electronics, move to paperless, move to APIs, uh, it sounds like we'll all have a whole lot of interesting trends to keep our eyes on in these coming weeks and months. Uh, Brian, we really appreciate your taking some time to join us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Great. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Brian and Ben. Now let's turn to some other supply chain news from the week. And Ben, let me go back to you. You reported this week on a couple of stories on the freight sector that shows some rebound, but continuing tight capacity. What did you find? 
Uh, that's right, Dave. Uh, to, to follow up on a point that Brian had just made, uh, we've been seeing freight volumes, um, you know, drop off a cliff in March and then uh, rebound slowly and steadily uh, from April through August. Um, an another measure of that was the LMI, that's the Logistics Managers Index that has been climbing steadily. Uh, even so, um, and the total cargo volume is still uh, below 2019 rates a year ago. Uh, however, uh, despite the, the low total volume numbers, the markets have tight capacity, uh, both for trucking and for air, uh, and that's just because a lot of vehicles are not being used. Uh, in trucking, there's a lot of disruption in the market, like uh, the continuing hurricane season. We just had Laura in Louisiana. Uh, there's some truck driver shortages that are exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and in air cargo, uh, it's because so few passengers are flying. Again, there's a lot of concern about the pandemic that the airlines have canceled an enormous number of flights. And when they do that, they lose what's called the belly cargo capacity. Um, with airlines often fly with, uh, with, with freight in, in the uh, belly compartment of a passenger flight. Um, and so when those planes aren't taking off, then they don't have the capacity to move that freight. Are there any solutions that can help shippers find reliable capacity as they continue an economic recovery? Uh, yeah, there are, Dave. It's interesting. Uh, again, Brian was just talking about a lot of the benefits of technology um, and, and adoption of electronic means. Um, one specific example uh, is that the 3PL Global Trans uh, recently uh, shared a solution that it calls a pop-up fleet, uh, where shippers can book capacity ahead of time. Uh, however, that's aimed at high-volume shippers and shippers with private fleets in need of supplemental capacity. So it doesn't really address the small and medium shippers who are going to be left using the spot market in the meantime. Uh, an even bigger puzzle uh, we see in air cargo, because uh, IATA, that's the industry group called the International Air Transport Association, uh, says air cargo is the much stronger side of the business than the passenger side right now. But again, the two are closely linked because their airlines uh, use the same planes to move both types of loads. So uh, it looks like the air cargo puzzle uh, really won't start to change significantly until people start flying again. Yeah, and there's no telling how long it will take for a full recovery in that air market. Uh, of course, remains to be seen. Thank you, exactly Ben. Exactly right. Yep. And I would like to welcome our pinch hitter today. Diane Rand is the managing editor of CSCMP's Supply Chain Quarterly, our sister publication. She also serves as associate editor of DC Velocity. Welcome, Diane. Good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And you've been knee deep the past month or so in preparations for CSCMP's Edge Live, which will take place this year in a couple of weeks on September 20th through 23rd. But instead of being in person in Florida this year, as originally planned, everything will be virtual because of the pandemic and travel restrictions. So how will this all work? Well, it's going to be a little different, but CSCMP has partnered with a virtual event platform company called Elastic Solutions to bring us edge this year. Uh, the conference itself is going to be much the same as attendees are used to. We will be able to experience some live keynotes, speaker sessions on Monday and Tuesday, and our very own Ben Ames will be uh, participating in a fireside chat with Lily Shen, CEO of Transfix. So. Uh, education is still a very a key component of the conference, so there'll be 22 dedicated education tracks, 
and over 120 sessions available for attendees spanning the entire end-to-end -end supply chain. So if you miss a live broadcast session, no worries, attendees will have access to sessions on demand um, after the live broadcasts for several weeks. So um, there's a, a, a lot that will be the same, but we will have more time to listen and participate um, in the conference over a period of time. So we're looking forward to it. And you've been working on a guide to help users navigate the various sessions. What can you tell us about it? Well, every year, the quarterly puts together a show guide. Uh, we focus more on the supply chain exchange exhibition that goes along with the conference. So we will, in the guide, you can look at the agenda. You can see the two special supply chain exchange track sessions that will be available. We highlight the keynote speakers as well. And then um, we really want to uh, allow attendees to look through our guide and see the 70 exhibitors who will be participating in the exchange this year and we're really excited because we're going to basically have an interactive show floor um, experience virtually so you can meet with exhibitors and we also have new for 2020 innovation demos so you'll be live it'll feel like you're on the show floor um, you'll be able to see these live demos chat with anyone of the exhibitors and ask questions uh, live. So it, it should be it should be a good experience. So the guide is just to help you get an idea of what will be available so you can plan ahead before the show starts on the 20th. Right. And I understand that the guide will be available for registrants within their electronic uh, folder that they'll receive, correct? Yes, yes, there is a printed version that it was will be shipped with our state of logistics issue that is at the printer right now and about to head to homes pretty soon, our businesses. And uh, then, yes, there'll be a virtual um, guide as well for all attendees. Uh, you can go on and register at cscmpedge.org. Great. And I've seen some of the virtual environment from the conference, and it will be great. We hope our listeners will be able to join us for Edge Live. We'll all be there in force, and uh, we'll have information on registering. It's also, as, as Diana just mentioned, at the website, I think also in the notes section, seen on many of the podcast platforms, there'll be direct links there, or you can just go to cscmp.org for more information. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. Also, please go to dcvelocity.com to find out more on the stories that we talked about today. And again, our thanks to Brian Thompson of SMC3 for being with us. We encourage your feedback on all the topics that we discussed today. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by DCVTV. Be sure to check out the latest videos on dcvtv.com, the largest and best source of videos for the supply chain industry, including DCVTV Channel 4, this viewer-contributed channel includes hundreds of videos that DC Velocity readers and industry suppliers have uploaded directly to the channel. So stop by often to see the latest uploads. Again, go to dcvtv.com to view them. We encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Logistics Matters to find us. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters when we'll look at whether COVID-19 has set new standards for sustainability. Be sure to join us. Until then, please stay safe and have a great week.